episode 385, Ms. Marvel, season one, episode six, No Normal. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with Samantha. Hello. And we are here to talk about the final episode of Ms. Marvel. Season 1. There might be more. <laughs> Let's hope so. Although they haven't they haven't announced anything. No, but they I feel like this episode sets us up for more possibly. Well, I mean, if we're just going to go ahead and jump to the end, it, it definitely sets us up for more because it sets us up for a movie, The Marvels. Yeah. And it says Ms. Marvel will return in The Marvels. And we get to see one of the other Marvels in the post credit, which, I mean, maybe we shouldn't start there, but that post credit makes no <laughs> sense at all. Like, it's just, it will, I'm sure, once they show us what happens in the movie, but. It's just weird. What does it mean? Did they switch bodies? In the comics, Kamala becomes Carol Danvers when she changes into a superhero at first. Like she actually Ah. looks like her. And so that definitely threw some people off thinking maybe that's what's happening. But they've either switched places or I don't know. Or she's changed herself into Carol Danvers. But she's clearly, I, I think Carol Danvers is there and she's looking in the mirror and saying, oh, wait, this is me. Where where am I? You know. Yeah. But my comment about leaving, you know, an open end for uh, a second season is about Cameron. Or Cameron. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because that seemed to be like, there could be more story there with him. Yeah, so I think we need to talk about the story, but we also should say, hey, everyone, welcome, glad you're here, and if you are just joining us for the first time ever right now, then you should know our spoiler policy, which is we are going to spoil everything that we have talked to, up to and including this episode. Uh, Did I say talked to? (laughs) Everything we talked about. We haven't talked to anything or anyone except for each other about this stuff, so... We don't have any secret knowledge. We haven't spoken to any actors or anything like that. But no, our spoiler policy is that we will talk about anything up to and including this episode here that we're talking about. We have talked about some episodes of She-Hulk, but I think that that we'll just leave that off the table. We're not going to talk about any She-Hulk as we talk about Ms. Marvel here. Um, Oh, darn. So we can't talk about Daredevil. Well, (laughs) no, because (laughs) that's for the next few episodes. But yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're following along at home, it really doesn't mean much because we're going to be talking about this episode. We are not going to be talking about, um, yeah, other She-Hulk episodes. We are going to be talking about the M word. (laughs) Mutants. Yay. We're going to be talking about that, but we will not talk about that in context of maybe things that have shown up in She-Hulk. Maybe. We're just not going to. We're not going to talk about that until we get there. Uh, But we will talk about what does this mean for the X-Men, and it probably means a little bit of Multiverse of Madness talk, too. Because there was a music cue in this episode that you also heard in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And I'll also say right now, it's kind of goofy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I don't want to use the D word, but I'm going to. I think that it might be a little bit dumb. I'm just, I'm just going to say that uh, as far as the, 
the M word stuff for this episode. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to start there, I guess we could just start there. I mean, we're here right now. Um, yeah. What do you think? He says to her, you've got a mutation. And then there's a music sting. Yep. And then she says, ah, I don't care. It's just another label, which I love that. Like, that's a nice response, yeah. right? Uh, a mutant. It's another label. Great response. But what do you think about this resolution? Uh, my other thought was, well, if it's not a mutation, it surely is a recessive gene. Uh, it could be. Yeah, but it's – they but, use the word. They say mutation. They play the X-Men cartoon theme song, Stinger. Yeah, and I'm thinking – Will when X Men get here, they will get here. But I don't. I, she's not part of the traditional core of X Men groupings, anyways. As far as I know, so she's like she not said, what a does mutant. It matter? Yeah, she's not a mutant. She's a descendant of a clandestine. Well, no, I mean, even in the comics, she's not a mutant. Like this is not a part of her comic book heritage yeah so i i feel like it with her specifically it's more like a recessive gene that just popped up and i feel like well, now that i think about it more you're right i mean it's just kind of shoehorned in there yeah yeah so we did get I put this out to the patreon patrons and and asked them what they thought and uh Dave said, like she says, mutant is just another label. The nega bangle interests me far more. Has Carol been trapped in the negative zone or is the negative zone the the gin world? And so he's wondering about that because that was a part of things. The negative zone and the bangles that were used by a different Captain Marvel who is a whole comic book thing, but that was Rick Jones. Um and that summoned Captain Marvel from the negative zone. And so he's wondering, like, is that what they're kind of toying with, playing with here? That's more interesting to him than, again, the, the mutant label. Yeah. So I think just by herself, she's an interesting character and she has in interesting powers and how she uses them is interesting. We'll get to that later. I, I just don't. It doesn't feel like she's a mutant. The Inhumans felt more like mutants, to be honest. And they're not... And the Inhumans are not exactly mutants, because they're more like just descendants of aliens whose powers are, are emerging, emerging here and there. Yeah, it's... So, the Inhumans, you know... I can understand them not wanting to use the I word to describe her uh, because it's not a favorable part of the current MCU. Yeah. And also it's a part of, if anything, if it's a part of any existing universe, it it's either in the MCU or it's in the, a side universe that we can – you know, shuttle over with uh, with the Agents of Shield, but the Inhuman stuff there, like the, they miss. It's a missed opportunity for me. Yeah, they could have tied it in. They didn't have to tie it in directly. All it has to be is she's an Inhuman, but she didn't get exposed to the Terrigen mists or anything like that. So there's there's that whole thing. But but to make her a mutant, <sighs> let's let's also define what a mutant mutant is in the Marvel context. Because it is somebody who has a, they're just the next, next leap in, in human evolution, basically. They're not aliens, they're not from another dimension, or they don't have any ancestors who are from either of those places. They're earthbound, correct? Right, they, they are human-born, their parents are both humans, and then they have this, this, uh, 
X gene or whatever that causes them yeah, to be the next, the next mutation in our evolution. And so they become not homo sapien, but they actually call them homo superior where they're this next step, this next, and, and they've done other things. They've retconned things along the way, but that's the basic thing. And okay. It could be that she is. Okay. So in, in the MCU, it could be that they're just setting up. Okay. She is a, a mutant. That's why she's able to access these powers. And there are going to be other people who are born with this mutant gene as well. that are going to be, you know, end up having powers. Uh, I don't know why they did it here. Like the bangle thing was all they really needed. This yeah. bangle that got passed down from her grandmother that she ends up getting. <laughs> this bangle that got passed down by her from her grandmother that she ends up getting. It gives her powers. It's a family legacy. And I mean, I guess you could say, well, since the grandmother was from that other dimension uh that could be what caused the mutation for her but then okay so then she's not really truly a mutant in the sense that she was a mutation of two humans but she is a you know like like spock half human half vulcan you know she's one cord or whatever yeah. uh but i don't think that's the case i think yeah it was enough for me and it actually kind of takes a little bit away from that legacy passed from grandmother to daughter by saying, oh, also you're a mutant. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, it's just, you don't have to pile it on. You know, you don't have to marry Sue it. You don't have to like say she's this and this and this. Uh, when I would make up superheroes when I was a little kid, it would be all the powers, right? You know, oh, and then they're this, and they're also this, and they have armor. And so it's like Superman in Iron Man armor, and he's a mutant with Wolverine claws. You know, it's like, let's just pile it on because the, the more you got, the cooler, you know, but that's not the case here. You don't need the cool. You already got the cool. Yeah, and it's just, I think the difference too is they didn't say the word mutant. They said mutation. Right. So I think, think we don't we can say she has a mutation but she's not a homo superior except and this but is out of the context of like the actual in world stuff but they played the stinger yeah they did and and it's clear as day yeah so i'm thinking this feels like something that feige um said to the producers Hey, can you at the end of the show? Can you make a rep, make her a mutant? Uh, acknowledge that she's a mutant, and then to put in the the stinger cue. And yeah, so it it does feel a little bit shoehorned. But if they are going to retcon her in the MCU as a mutant, okay, I'm okay with that. It's, I mean, it's not the end of the world. She's still a superhero. It is not the end of the world. It does not make me retro hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it just, like I said, it, it just, hey, let's do one more thing to make her, you know, more relevant and even more cool or whatever. And, and I would say, you don't, you don't need that. She's yeah. got a lot going for her and it's cool. Uh, but you also had that happening, uh, you know, very close to the coming of Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, where you have professor X come in and he is also an on-screen mutant. And he also gets the kind of a thing happening in the music as he enters. And I just feel like that made sense because he, it's professor X, you know, yeah. I feel like they could have, done any number of things but this is what they chose to do and now we've got a <laughs> a mutant on our hands so yeah. but in the comics she's an inhuman which comes from this point in time in marvel where they were trying to move away from mutants and because mutants were fox so you have Marvel Comics, 
owned by Disney and Disney saying, hey, we're not all that interested in you making comics that are promoting other people's movies. And so they have the terragenesis cloud that's going around the world and causing people to mutate into inhumans. And that's a part of what happened to Ms. Marvel there is she was an inhuman. So the terragenesis activated her powers and that's that. And the idea was going to be, we're going to be building this up instead of building up mutants. And they actually like turned away from X-Men a little bit. They couldn't completely, but they, some fantastic four, they just disappeared for a long while. Uh, now that Disney owns Fox, it means that they have the rights to the movies for the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Mutants are all they care about. Like, how do we get <laughs> X-Men back out there? Because Wolverine's hot and and Deadpool is awesome. And people know about other mutants. You know, this is going to be big money for us. I'm just kind of surprised this is how they're going to introduce mutants into the MCU proper. I'm wondering if the mutants will officially be introduced in the Marvel's movie. It's, it's quite possible. I mean, we will have a mutant in the Marvel's movie. Cause besides her, she's in besides it. I don't know. I, I don't know what besides her, but she's going to be there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, are we going to get the full introduction in that movie? Okay, so we spent a lot of time just talking about mutants, though. Uh, we need to move away. There's other things that need to be talked about here. Other things that are important to talk about. The mutant thing is big, all right? And we know we've got Deadpool entering the MCU. So that's something we know. And I don't want to give too many spoilers away. But if you saw the promo for that Deadpool thing that he talked about, he suggested there will be other mutants. And then there was more than a suggestion of other mutants. And then we actually saw an actor who is, so I don't know how this all fits into the MCU proper. You know, I just thought about though. I feel like it's a soft introduction to the, to mutants. It's not professor Xavier. It's not, you know, Wolverine. It's, it's very soft. When was professor X introduced? But that's also alternate universe professor. That's X. true. That's true. That's based on the music cue and the chair he was in. I'm going to say that was live action. '97 um, X Men. So May six, 2022. This episode of Ms. Marvel is July 13th. So. Doctor Strange got there first with Professor X as far as interactions with mutants in live action on the screen. And then we have Ms. Marvel here where we are seeing our first on-screen mutant in the MCU who was born in the MCU. How does that work? Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the episode. <laughs> oh, wait. I was going to say, there is that quick conversation that she had with her dad about her parents trying really hard for a long time, and then all of a sudden, uh, they finally had Kamala, because they were struggling to get pregnant again after the their first child. So I wondered if that had anything to do with it, but again, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's actually talk about that scene, though. That was There's a lot of stuff like that in this show, and I really like the parent teenager dynamic that you had going on. And I like yeah. the generational legacy you had going on. And then you have this moment here where he explains to her what her, what her names means. And yeah. just, there's some good moments. There's been a couple times with this show where I said, this might've been better as a movie, two hours and 10 minutes in and out and done. However, if it was a movie, while we would have probably potentially hopefully lost the final scene or the big climactic scene here, which we'll talk about, and I wouldn't have cared about that, <laughs> but we also would have lost 
a lot of these tender moments. Yeah. And and I like those. Yeah, and I'm glad that they got to explore the Islamic side I'm gl- uh, of the MCU. I'm glad they got to explore the Pakistani American side and the Pakistan side. I'm glad they got to explore, you know, this female teenage perspective and also this is the first really full-fledged nuclear family situation in the MCU. Yeah, and it's always nice to find yeah, like hey, there's two parents here. Yeah. <laughs> and neither one of them here. died and you know, they we've got a nice family that just loves each other. Yeah, and my only problem is the way that they set up the parents in episode one, because episode one, it just seemed like they were just really hard on Kamala. Just, <laughs> and then episode two, you see, no, they actually do love her. It's just they're, they can be strict with her. But it's it's not out of, you know, out of, you know, evil parent trope. It's out of, you know, they just really want the love her and want the best for her. Overprotective parents trope is what we've got. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have in the previous episode where you've got her mom and her, you know, actually kind of coming to an agreement. And in this episode, you have her coming to her family and saying, I am a superhero. And they're like pretending to be surprised because (laughs) mom told dad, dad has his phone on speaker. So brother and sister-in-law find out and. Yeah, the yeah. gossip train. Yeah. <laughs> when I married my husband, he he warned me. He's like, don't ever tell any secrets to any family members because <laughs> it's just going to spread. <laughs> All right. So the tender moments, they're here. There's some good family moments. Yeah. There's also a lot of action in this movie, uh, this, not this movie, this episode that's going to make it a lot easier for us to talk about because we aren't going to go beat by beat through all of the action and adventure stuff. But you start out with, and, ah, man, I should have had a, my character list here ready to go. So I didn't do what I'm doing right now. I can't remember names though. Uh, Let's see. There's Kamala, Bruno, Nakia, Munibi. Bruno and uh, the other guy. Cameron? Yes. I mean, it starts out for them. He, They're trying to get away because they're on the run from damage control. And his... Uh, what's his name again? Cameron? Cameron. His powers are out of control. He's, yeah. he's having a hard time with them. And... And that sets up the big action stuff for this episode. And it is kind of a little bit jarring where all of a sudden we're just, we had all this stuff happening with Pakistan and now we're here in the States and Cameron's been left behind because the rest of the uh, clandestine, they decided we're not going to do the bad thing that we were going to do, even though we started doing the bad thing we're going to do. But mom says, I'm going to stop the bad thing we're going to do. And that leaves him alone in the world and he has powers that are very similar to Kamala's which I guess he doesn't have a bangle right so he mm-hmm. he has those powers so there it's the mutation right yeah and he got those through his mother I believe mm-hmm. yeah when she died she I don't know I can't remember where he was during that scene I can't remember if he was he was in the states he was in the states, so she transferred yeah. his. She transferred her power to him by bending time and space. I guess. Yeah. So the big climax at first, you think it's damage control because damage control is after him. They're coming up with a plan. They go to the school. They home alone it, and. It's not, it doesn't work. Damage control still gets control of the situation and they've got him surrounded. And now he is lashing out and he is, you know, he's letting loose his anger and letting loose his fear and his rage. And it's going to be bad except for Kamala comes and she saves him. And then he 
has the whole creeping power thing where his he's got spikes coming out towards everyone that's going to kill basically everyone in the neighborhood, including damage control. And she gets in there and talks to him and tries to talk him down um, and, and stops him. Yeah, and I noticed that there's two different fighting skills slash magic formations where Cameron his is more spiky and is is more offensive. Her powers are more like shields and more defensive and she does make some offensive moves like I think she grows really big and then smashes a a, a vehicle. But that's in a way to stop you know, it's it's offensive to be defensive, really. Yeah, that's actually a great a great point. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, it really is a great point, but I said it that way, and I apologize for the terrible pun. But yeah. it's a great point that he's got more spike <laughs> spiky powers. But it is, yeah, he is lashing out where she is more about protecting and. When she goes on the offensive, it is a more protective type of, of move that she's doing. But when when he's doing his thing, it is even when he's he's surrounding himself, but then he has the spikes coming out from him. And so even as he's defending himself, he's got the spikes going out. So Yeah. And I think partially it's it's that way for him because he's he's just does not have the control over his powers yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we got two different conflicts going on here. One conflict is her and him, and the other is damage control. And <sighs> that one agent, I was like, you are so fired. <laughs> oh, because she was disobeying orders right and left. Yeah, it just, they had to have a bad guy. And yeah. this is where, you know, they kind of put on kid gloves a little bit because it's like, okay, we've got to have someone. She's telling them all what to do. Uh, the unfortunate thing with all of that is that you don't have anyone questioning her orders. And, yeah, you know, she's telling them, you know, fire on children. Yeah. She's putting children in danger. The timing of this episode was really unfortunate, too. Yeah. Of when it was released, because it was not long after the, um, I have, this is the word I have trouble with, Uvalde? Texas school shooting it, that was just a few weeks before and people were still reeling from that and um, if you watch this episode before the episode airs there's a title card that says you know there may be some scenes that are sensitive to some viewers yeah 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 and and that was that it's meant to bother you yeah like it, it is supposed to bother you but it wasn't meant to bother you in a real world sense. Because, yeah, like you said, like there was th- that emotional rawness uh, still because of what had happened there. So Yeah, and there's still a lot of paranoia about Islamic people, which most a- of them are really nice people. And they just want to, you know, live a quiet life and raise their families and, you know. But that is also the point here. You yeah. Know, like, um, like that's – and again, they have a bad guy. In in the the agent, uh, uh, the one female agent that I think is a scroll, Agent Deaver. Yeah, Agent Deaver. Yeah. Oh, you think she's a scroll? <laughs> I think I think somebody in damage control is a scroll. That's what I think. Well, I find it interesting, but I'm also a little bit relieved that they didn't use shield at all here. Yeah. It was damage control. And I think part of that, again, they didn't want to use a real world organization because real world organizations were doing and have done things like what she's doing here. And they don't want to like, yeah, they don't want to put them in a bad light. They're already, if they're in a bad light, they already did that for themselves here. But um, they also didn't use shield. And so they have the damage control bad agent who gets called out for it, but not before she causes a lot of trouble for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'm wondering if 
if this was a real world situation, if she would have been arrested. Yeah. Because she ordered to be, you know, she ordered, you know, open fire on people who were pretty much unarmed or had, because I'm thinking about the, um, the softball shooters had weapons that were less destructive. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to talk about that in a minute, but let's, let's stay with a more serious thing right here first though. (laughs) So yeah, you're supposed to not like her. You're supposed to be frustrated with her. You're supposed to, yeah, it's all there. Yes. And it's a clear black hat, you know, you have your white hats, you have your black hats, and then you have in between, you have uh, Kamala dealing with Cameron yeah. and and just what he is going through and how he's going to be taken care of. Yeah. But I thought she dealt with it in a really great way, which is to send him to Pakistan and to meet with Red Dagger. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he needed to be in a place where he could train and they could train him and allow him to yeah learn to use his powers but also refine like how he uses them and yes you know because you're talking about the the storytelling potential here there's two ways they go right one is he's gonna have trouble using his powers i guess there's three ways one is he trains he learns he's a hero one is he has a real hard time but he's trying to be a hero, but emotions and skill sets get in the way. And then the other is yeah. bad guy. I don't I don't like it when they go full on bad guy. It's more interesting when there is some gray mixed in there, you know? It is. It is. But they could go that way. Yeah. I mean, that's they, they've set up a situation that would allow it to go any one of those ways. So uh, I will say I do appreciate the the ending where you have the damage control agents and you do have the people stand in the way. You do have the police standing in the way and some of the, the agents are standing in the way. But you do have people who say, no, we're not going to let this happen. And yeah. And it was peaceful. Yeah. You know, they're like we're just going to stand and, here. And- and then you have the community coming in and saying, no, you're not going to hurt yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah. Which I love that. I thought, again, once more, another Spider-Man parallel, but this one specifically from the Tobey Maguire movies. Um, but I just remembered uh, in the first Tobey Maguire movie where uh, he's struggling and, and he's on the bridge and all of a sudden uh, green goblin is, is getting hit by all this stuff above him from the bridge. And it's just regular New Yorkers saying, you know, you mess with one, one of us, you mess with all yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, there were but a couple scenes like that uh, in the, in both uh, series of Spider-Man movies where the New Yorkers are like, we're going to help you. You know, <laughs> we're going to stand in yeah. your way or they're going to, we're going to carry you out of the way, you know, out of the, out of the subway train or the L train. Um, they carry him out and, pretend like they didn't see his face and then they line up all the cranes for Andrew Garfield. I think it was, that was a little (laughs) cheese, but I think that was the second Andrew Garfield movie and that's not his fault. (laughs) Um, but I, that's, I just really love that. Um, I love that they did these broad thematic sort of things to parallel Miss Marvel with Spider-Man. Because I have recently watched, what was it, Jurassic World Dominion? Okay. And can I spoil Where it? is this going? Uh, Dominion, that's the last one that There's came out, There's a connection. Right? Yeah, that's the most recent you know one what? that came out. I, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll give a spoiler warning, but go for it. Because I think that movie does okay, not deserve spoiler warning. a spoiler warning. I had a lot of problems with that movie. It's, it- <laughs> yeah. Um, so my big problem was is that they were basically rehashing scenes from earlier, like the really famous popular scenes from the earlier movies, specifically the first one, Jurassic Park. And I didn't like that they were 
overtly referencing those. I wish they had done something that was a little bit more broad, like they did here. I wish they had done something, like, taken that idea and done something completely new and different. But still have you, at the end, feel the same feelings about that scene. There was an escape scene where you're trapped by, was it, not velociraptors, but the the spitting? Yeah, yeah. Dinosaurs. It was just too close to what you had in the original movie. And... I just, it, I didn't like it. And I realized halfway through watching Dominion that part of my problem with everything after the first movie is that the first movie is strictly a horror film disguised as an adventure movie. But everything after that is adventure. And it's just, I just don't feel the same way about the following, the, all the sequels as I do to the original movie. So. I... Even though it scared me out of my wits when I saw it in the theater when I was 12, I admit it. I, my younger brother and I ran from the theater screaming. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, I just, that movie, Dominion, opens mm-hmm. with the world has dinosaurs everywhere. And I'm like, whoa, this is a super interesting looking movie. But we're not going to spend time with that. And then at the end, they have an epilogue where it's like, did you see the world? There's, there's still dinosaurs everywhere. I'm like, that's you skipped the movie. Like you, you gave me a beginning and an end of a whole different movie, and then went and did this one. That's about yeah, giant crickets. Yeah, which is yeah. okay. Like those, like Jurassic era crickets that are about a foot long. Yeah, but or so. I, yeah. Give me what you promised me in the last movie and in the beginning of this movie. And then, yeah, like I wanted to see the world and how it was affected by things. And instead we get a dinosaur fight club. Okay. Yeah. That's the world being affected. Sure. But I wanted more. I wanted a story that used that world that they were living in as the backdrop for the whole story instead of, well, we're just going to take a side trip to this new Jurassic world (laughs) and it's not a theme park, but it's still this one place where we're going. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We digress back to this. Yeah. Yeah. Back to Miss Marvel, back to the MCU. So yes, I did adore that. There were broad, parallels to spider-man well and we saw that from the beginning you know yeah and it was consistent and but it wasn't copying spider-man no it was doing it was doing more character sort of beats within the action of the of the of the story yeah yeah so agent deaver (laughs) has to leave she's relieved of duty and they're going to send in some people for some damage control because there is a public relations nightmare happening right now. Yeah. And then from there you go into the social media stuff that was kind of fun where everyone's reacting to all the stuff that's going on. And um, Especially people from the neighborhood, you know, who are like, this is, we've got our own hero. Here she is, you know, and uh, people from the neighborhood, I I might know who it is, but I'm not going to tell you who it is and that kind of thing. So it's yeah. kind of fun. They got some fun energy with that. And it's still hitting that young people uh, vibe of what actual young people would be like if you know, there was a superhero around <laughs> instead of yeah. what actual young people would do if they were hiding in a school from damage control, because I feel like the social media stuff is them looking and saying, okay, this is what it would be like. And we can like young people can relate to this, but the home alone stuff. Did you like it? It's modern Home Alone stuff <laughs> in a school. 
I mean, you got the elephant foam. You got the the softballs. Which is cool. What Have else? you ever done elephant foam before? The... No, I haven't. No, I haven't had the chance. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. It's really cool. But I anyway. have seen that one video on YouTube where they fill – they basically start with mixing the chemicals in a pool and it fills the entire backyard. Yeah, I've only I done it's it. like the largest attempt. I've only done tabletop with okay. some small <laughs> cylinders, you know, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. But you didn't answer my question. Um, yes. Did you like the Home Alone stuff? I didn't mind it. It didn't bother me so much. Because you're working with kids. I mean, what are you going to do? Put guns in their hands? No. No, you, you know what you do? You, you, you just don't go there. Like, I do like that it brought everyone together and they all A-teamed it out, you know, but it just, I don't know. It felt too goofy for me. I didn't like it the first time I watched it. I didn't like it the second time I watched it. It's, to me, it's probably the weakest point of the whole thing, of of the whole Ms. Marvel. Is it terrible? No, it's not terrible. But, I mean, if the, if... If you want the emotional beat of them all coming together and working together as a team to defeat damage control and stop damage control, there's no way around it. You got to use something like that. But I'm looking at this and saying, you know, we could cut 15 minutes out of this (laughs) and (laughs) and it wouldn't hurt too much. Just jump to the, they're surrounded and they come out and you have Cameron do his thing. Though, when I originally watched this as it was being released, I I was like, when it got to episode five, I was like, this feels like a season finale and there's one more episode to go. What are they going to cover? So Home Alone. That's what they're going to cover. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like they were just with this episode in places. They were they were doing epilogue stuff combined with trying to fill an hour. It's only 40 minutes. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's with the credits. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, the final episode of a season can be an epilogue. That's okay. Uh, this does not end on any kind of big cliffhanger hanger except for the Captain Marvel stuff in the post-credit. Um, it ends, honestly, for me, this this best ending is the, is her talking on the roof with her dad, like we said. But then she runs away uh, to go on patrol and watch out mm-hmm. for crime. And that is a great way to end a superhero origin. Um. Oh, and we also got a costume book in. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that great costume that her mother. I I, I love how. It feels like there was a focal, there was a, a a story path from episode one to get to where you have the mom making the costume for Kamala. I I love that you start with the mom being like, mm, "I'm gonna make you something that's you're not gonna like, but it's gonna you know fit my modesty requirements," and <laughs> then it evolves into. You're a superhero. I'm going to make you a superhero costume that reflects who you are and not you being somebody else. Yeah. And ah, I just loved it so much. And it should, there's just so much great sentiment there and the connection with her family. Right. It's it's taking that superhero yeah. trope of you got this, you know, the superhero is creating their costume. But then you mix in like what you just said with with the family stuff. And, yeah. you know, like that's how you use tropes well is you take the trope and you use it to augment this story, you know? So it's the story about a daughter and her family and, and their place in this world, you know? Uh, And they use the costume stuff to build that up and to create scenes and moments. Um, I just wish again, she's sitting on the rooftop with her dad. She's wearing the costume she leaves to go fight crime. She's sitting on the lamp post in her costume. Yes. They should have stopped it right there. 
Stop it right there. Don't do one week later. Don't do. You got a mutation. Don't do. (laughs) Don't do the whole. Hey, we got Cameron's car. Let's drive it. (laughs) That's. Thank goodness it wasn't a stick uh, shift, right? They sh- if they had ended it where they ended it, the Home Alone stuff, I still wouldn't have liked it. But it would have been a perfect ending for the origin story. But instead, the car, the mutation, which felt like, honestly, it felt like a, a post-credit in some ways. Yeah, it did. Uh, it would have been a She-Hulk post-credit where it's just like, hey, let's do something goofy or funny with the car scene. But then you have the actual post credit where it's not even Kamala. Like she's not doing her homework. And I'm actually kind of disappointed in some ways because uh, she didn't get to meet her. She didn't get to meet Captain Marvel. No. They just traded places. She will. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be a really difficult movie to write <laughs> if. Yeah, we're going to have uh, three main characters and two of them aren't going to meet the whole time. Like they could do it, but why? So yeah, they'll they'll meet in the next movie, but Ms. Marvel will return in The Marvels. Yay, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. That looks like a lot of fun. So, is it a perfect series? No. I had a couple troubles with it. Is it a fun series? Oh, yes. And I really wish that my kids wanted to watch it, but they're just, I don't know if they've outgrown Marvel or if they've gotten tired of Marvel, but they were not interested in, they did do Moon Knight. They weren't interested in Ms. Marvel. They weren't interested in She-Hulk. They are very interested in, in Black Panther, especially to see who's actually in, in the suit. Um, so they're definitely down with that. Uh, but, and my son is super excited about Submariner being in there. But, oh, cool. Yeah. Good. Maybe you should, I mean, if you want them to get into this series, maybe you should take the the uh, toddler with a broccoli approach and just say, just try episode one. Just try it. See how you like it. Yeah, but you know what we're doing instead? <laughs> Homework? Well, no, that was today. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> so five minutes before bedtime. Hey, dad, can you check my homework? I don't think I did very good on it. Really? Yeah. In fact, for a couple of the questions I just wrote, I don't know. Like, oh yeah, we're not going to do that. Let's, let's take a look at your homework. So he, he did fine, but it took a long time. So no, no, what we're doing instead of like watching Ms. Marvel and, and She-Hulk is, you know, a couple times a week, we're watching the X-Files. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're doing an X-Files marathon yeah. with your kids. It, that's going to take It years. is a marathon for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's my my daughter's favorite show right now. So good, it's a good show. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm okay with it. You know, it's okay. it's what we this is what we said about Marvel. Like, there's so much out there right now. You don't have to like all of it, and you don't have to have all of it be exactly what you want. Just let them make some cool shows, and if it's not cool to you cool just let it go unless you're doing a podcast about it i'm gonna watch everything whether i like it or not right and talk about it but yeah how did you like morbius (laughs) (laughs) didn't hate it but i certainly did not love it and that post credit was don't get me started hey here's the thing we haven't talked about that we haven't seen at least i'm assuming you haven't seen is the extended edition of spider-man no way home I have not seen it yet. No, I was, I was going to go see it, but I've had, I haven't been, I've had viruses. (laughs) Yeah. It just didn't work out. So we're just going to have to eventually come back to that. But yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not sure how I'm going to see it now because it's no longer in the theaters. Well, I don't know. Are they, are they going to put it on streaming? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Because they, I don't remember what they did with the other one, but I don't think it's easy to find. I think you had to buy it on DVD or Blu-ray for the extended edition okay. of uh, Far From Home. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But 
Christmas is coming up. <laughs> uh, okay, so all things considered, what's your final thoughts about Ms. Marvel? Um, overall, I really liked the series. It was an, uh, not an A+. She's somewhere hovering around maybe an A minus. It kept me engaged. And I there were some flaws here and there, but that's to be expected. I mean, it can't be absolutely perfect. No. It's it's hard to find something that's absolutely perfect as a film or a series. I give it a B plus. And part of it is they didn't stick the landing. And there is some problems with the bad guys. It's not a great you know, bad guy stuff going on, but maybe I should go to a minus the family stuff, the teenage stuff, stuff, the, the cultural stuff. Like these were all things that made it unique and fun and interesting. The teenager yeah. angst, the fact that there was a really good relationship going between the teenager and the parents it wasn't a perfect relationship, but they loved each other and they presented that well. And I'm going to stick with B minus for the series, but B minus, no B plus, B, B plus. plus. Okay. Um, Sorry, my okay. my brain is still a little fried from doing that sixth grade math. And okay, I also have one more note. Oh yeah. You and Sheikh Abdullah would get along splendidly. <laughs> I could see you having lunch with him like on a regular basis. Cause he, he said something in this episode that you or that we have been discussing off podcast about, you know, just because someone's making you, you their enemy doesn't mean you should make them huh. your enemy. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that uh, where she said, I don't want to hear anything from the Quran. He's like, that's Abraham Lincoln. That's (laughs) that's right. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think that's a little bit earlier. Oh, a different platitude from earlier? Okay. Yeah, because I think he said that line to uh, Cameron and uh, Bruno. Well, it's true. (laughs) It is. It's taking the higher. That's really the path of the higher road in this kind of in conflict. You know, you can call it the path of the high road, but I don't even say that. Like, I would just say this is just the right path. Like, yeah, 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 you're right. You know, it is the right path. I'm not going to get on a soapbox right now. I could really get on a soapbox right now, but I'm not. Instead, I'm going to say, you have any other notes? Because I don't want to shut things down. If you do, that's it. That's my last one. Do you have any final words then for us? My final words. Yes. I would like to thank our Patreon patrons, Dave, Julie, Blessed Cheesemaker, 084, Tazel, Jeffrey, and Andrew. Thank you all so very much. And I also want to say thank you to all of you. Really appreciate it. I am curious how many people or how people listen to the podcast, uh, you know, if you are a Patreon patron, then you can listen to it through Patreon and through a special feed that allows you to get some early access. There's a couple times when it hasn't been early access, but for the most part, early access, you get extra conversations sometimes because we do cut things out. Believe it or not, <laughs> as many rabbit trails as we go on in the final edit of the podcast, we edit some of those out. <laughs> and so there is some more, but... um yeah, and that's anything from a dollar up to uh, I think seven dollars a month. You can you can choose from there, and we appreciate it all. It does go to uh, operational costs, and so like that's the websites, uh, the domains, that's the um, just just what it takes to be able to host the websites and um, so equipment and, and new equipment yeah. for us sometimes. Um, so it's very, very, very helpful. And that is, it's not a big chunk of change, but for us, it's not a small chunk of change. And so, um, it's very helpful. Just even that $1 a month is very helpful. We don't push hard. Um, but I, I do want to make sure people know, go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, and you can find how to, how to support us there. So we appreciate that. 
And if you cannot support us financially, just share the episodes on social media. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, so I don't know how people listen to the Patreon episodes, you know, if it's something that they have to download to their device or what. And if you're listening to the podcast through, you know, Apple Podcasts or if you're listening with an Android phone, whatever you do. I do know some – most everyone uses earbuds for for their listening. But I will say that there are other ways, especially on your phone, that you can do it listening to po- our podcast. Earbuds are nice. Headphones are okay. Beats by Dre, I would love to try it out. Send me one. That's great. But I'll also tell you right now, just a pro tip. Speaker is just really convenient. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling 1-775-5-LEVEL-7. That's 1-775-553-8357. Or send us an email. Just send it to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also join us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Get early access to episodes, get bonus material that doesn't go out on the regular feed. And if you do that, thank you so much. But once again, I want to thank everyone for joining us in the conversation. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. All right, it's post-credit time. Let's talk about two trailers that just dropped. Ant-Man and the Wasp, so which Quantumania, talk about? and Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. And we won't take too much time, but yeah. I don't... Uh, okay. Well, Samantha, what do, you, what do you want to talk about? Um, Where do you want to start? They both look fun. Well, Holiday Special, I have less to say about. Yeah, it's a special presentation. They use that opening again. It's, it's Yeah, and it feels more like just a teaser trailer as opposed to a trailer trailer. Yeah, I mean, it's teasing. We don't know how long it's going to be, but I'm assuming around an hour. Yeah. Actually, both of these were teaser trailers, but this is... I was... It, 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 there's nothing in it that I was not expecting. I mean, I... There was... <laughs> A lot of goofiness in holidays centered. Yeah, stuff. if you want to go general and say Christmas goofiness, then yes, nothing that I was expecting. Yeah. No, there's nothing new there that I didn't expect. But if you want to talk about Except Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, yes, that's new <laughs> as himself in the MCU. We have MCU'd Kevin Bacon. Yeah, we've already gotten MCU David Hasselhoff. I mean, he was not him, but it was a representation of him. He exists in the MCU, but. Yeah. So when you're playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, that 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 diagram has just exploded to many more possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting that. I, it did just kind of say I, – I, I actually wasn't expecting them to come to Earth um, because I saw someone post like, oh, now are we going to have an argument about if this – you know, is it Die Hard a Christmas movie? And is this a Christmas movie? And I'm looking and I'm like, this is definitely a Christmas special for sure. Like this is, it takes place at Christmas. They're talking about Christmas and the plot is being driven by some Christmas stuff. It's Christmas. Definitely more Christmassy than Iron Man 3. But anyway, uh, it looks fun. But Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Oh, I am looking forward to this so much more now. Wow. Yeah. That looks so interesting. And my son looked over my shoulder while I was watching it. This is my 11-year-old. And he was like, oh, so uh, Star Wars is in the MCU now, huh? And what he was saying, there's they're in a cantina and there's aliens, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, that world looks so interesting and i'm hoping it's a place we get to spend a lot of time in and find out like about that world 
and Bill Murray's in it. That surprised me, and I'm surprised that they put him in the trailer because the press on him lately has not been good. No, no. I I do think I remember hearing that he was going to be in this. Okay. But I don't... It's a vague memory at best. And so it wasn't a surprise to see him. Like, he showed up. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'd heard that. But, yeah, you're right about the Bill Murray press situation right now. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, I had no idea that this has been going on for decades, but apparently it has. Well, I think I knew that he wasn't a nice person. Ah. So, but anyway. Of course, I don't follow Bill Murray that close. I do enjoy his movies, but I didn't enjoy, I I didn't follow him as an actor, his personal life. Yeah, and it's not like I go and see the next Bill Murray movie because it's the next Bill Murray movie. Yeah. It's almost accidental now if I'm going to see him in anything like this. <laughs> I'm not seeing it because of him, but I will be seeing it, obviously. But this – usually an MCU trailer makes me say, yeah, I still want to see that movie. And most of the time, it doesn't really get me more excited about it. I'm already excited about okay, Black Panther Wakanda forever. You can't get me more excited about it, I don't think. I'm really excited to see that movie. The trailer didn't get me more hyped up. It just said, hey, you know what? That movie you're excited about, this is a trailer that just reinforces the fact that you're excited about this movie. <laughs> this one, I was already curious about this movie, Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. But I'm really intrigued now. I'm much more excited than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, so. and I'm hoping that it's going to set a ground for, you know, where is this now that we're out of the, the Infinity Saga? You know, where which direction are we going to take now with the overarching story of the entire universe? Of course, I don't know. We've already kind of covered that with the multi-universe uh-huh. thing. Yeah. But I feel like I'm hoping that maybe this will give us a little bit more focus because multi-universes, that's a lot of information and a lot of possibilities. Um, so I'm hoping and, – and the one complaint that people have said about Phase 4 is that it's not as good as previous ones. Well, that's because there was a whole lot of buildup towards, you know, in Infinity Wars and Endgame. Yeah. There was like, what, 10, 20 – years worth of movies building up to that that and so now we're starting over again and i've had to explain that to people and they're like and they're you know of course complaining and yeah but they're uh, setting up it in a different way here like they it is origin story after origin story after origin story so maybe they're not setting up it a different way because you know the early mcu was just iron man's origin story Hulk's origin story, Thor, Captain America, bring them together for the Avengers, you know, but that's kind of what they're doing now is they're setting up these new characters, but it's also getting longer because it's movie, movie, show, 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 movie, movie, show, show, show. Yeah. And so there's more hours unless you count Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which you should, but people don't. And I understand, but you are sitting through a lot more hours of screen time to get from point a to point b to point c whereas with phase one and two and three it was a lot more concise because you didn't have the disney plus specials and the disney plus series so yeah i like disney plus but i also feel like the series, not just with the MCU, also with Star Wars, um, that there's just being so much put out there that it's the specialness of the the event of those stories are losing that special flair. You yeah, know? Yeah. What I really wish they had done maybe for phase four and phase five is chosen to do like three tracks and and have like here's our 
Kang track with time travel. Here's our multiverse track with Doctor Strange and a couple other people. And here's our um, street level track. And hmm. and done something like that where you have these kind of maybe three concurrent storylines. And so Captain America or Captain America could show up in uh, two of them. You know, he shows up to help with the big climax in the multiverse thing. And Captain Marvel shows up to help in the, you know, but do three tracks where you have three end goals and three storylines and, and then just, yeah, give us a, a sense of where you're going. You know, with the Thanos stuff, we had a sense for where they were going. Sometimes they didn't know exactly how they were going to get there, but there was always a sense that we have a direction that we're heading in. And that direction was Endgame. Yeah. Um, but to do like here, we have an Endgame where it's the street level stuff. Here's or you could even do street level stuff, worldwide Avengers level stuff and then multiverse stuff or something. And and Ms. Marvel street level. But she joins Captain Marvel in the, you know, multiverse or, you know, that kind of thing. Again, this is armchair quarterbacking at its finest. I don't have a skin in the game. And I'm also not in charge of billions of dollars of a franchise. I'm still I'm excited about these both of these things with the trailers just came out. So excited. All right, once again, I'm going to give you final word, and then we will close this one down for the evening. Final word. Okay, here it is. Final words. It's late. I, I can't think anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do.